Welcome to the Diane Podcast. Diane, or Diversity and Inclusion in Asia Network, is the leading network of companies and professionals committed to advancing diversity and inclusion in their organizations in Asia. Leveraging a decade of expertise and thought leadership, we hope this podcast inspires, educates, and motivates passionate individuals like yourself. My name is Tina Arcilia, Senior Manager at Community Business, and I manage the Diane Network. For this 10th and last episode of the Diane Decade Thought Leadership Podcast Series, we are joined by award-winning management scholar and business school professor Roy Chua. He is Associate Professor of Organizational Behavior and Human Resources and is the Academic Director for Doctorate of Business Administration Programs at Singapore Management University. It is such a pleasure to have you with us today, Roy. Thank you for having me. You are, of course, known for your work on how culture affects innovation and creativity. To start off, tell us about yourself and why are you so passionate about the role of diversity and inclusion in innovation? All right. Over the past few years, I've been studying how culture influences creativity and innovation. So with the rise of Asian economies such as China, Southeast Asia, and India, there is an increased recognition of the importance of innovation in this part of the world. However, there is a still significant disparity in terms of where innovation is coming from. If you look around, most of the high-impact innovation today still originated from the West, although this trend might be gradually changing with the rise of China. Coming from Singapore, I have been very interested to better understand how Asians can step out its creativity and innovation effectiveness. And from a DNI perspective, how Asians can be better supported and nurtured in their innovation journey in organizations. Mm, yes, this is a research area many of our member companies are interested in. Especially with all these disruptive forces changing the way we work and calling for more creativity and innovation. In fact, you've done quite a bit of work with Diane and community business on this topic over the past years. Yes, indeed. Um, Last year, I conducted a workshop on innovation in Asia for Diane uh, professional series. Uh, I specifically conducted a case discussion on a fashion house called Shanghai Tang. It's a case that I wrote when I was at Harvard Business School. And the challenges it faces uh, when it was trying to come up with new innovative product every season. It's really useful for the participants of the workshop to talk about creativity in a distinctively Asian context involving Asian fashion products. I also gave uh, a talk on can Asians be creative, drawing on some of the latest research that I have been uh, working on with uh, my collaborators and PhD students. Uh, I think the session was really well received by the participants. Agreed. It's certainly given me much food for thought, and I think one of my biggest questions reflecting on the past decade is, what is holding us back? What are the key challenges that Asians face with regard to creativity and innovation? Well, first of all, we have to acknowledge that Asia is a vastly diverse continent, and we have to be careful about lumping all Asian countries together. For example, China is not the same as Japan or India. 
However, many Asian countries do share similar cultural characteristics. For example, many Asian nations emphasize the collective over the individual. They tend to be more hierarchical than Western cultures, and Asian cultures also tend to stress social harmony and avoid conflict in social contexts. However, the trouble with this characteristic is that they do not necessarily encourage innovative thinking. Evidence for that can be found in a study that was done in South Korea some time ago.、Uh, these researchers found that Confucianism might present a cultural roadblock to creativity.、Uh, the study found that、um, people infused with Confucius thinkings tend to be loyal, obedient, and hardworking. These are all great, but they are also less fun, less imaginative, and less creative. In other words, Confucianism seems to have bred a cultural conformity, which, in the parlance of modern-day scholars, correlates with a concept called cultural tightness. Cultural tightness is essentially a measure of the extent to which a culture or society relies on strong rules and norms to regulate behaviors, and the extent to which people are punished if they deviate from these rules and behaviors. By these standards, Asia is actually a pretty tight place. In a ranking of 33 countries in terms of cultural tightness, a study by Michel Galvan, a psychologist from University of Maryland, found that. The five tightest countries were all in Asia. The region's two greatest、uh, economic superpowerhouses, China and Japan, ranked in the top ten. And the only Asian locale to qualify as more culturally loose was Hong Kong, long a British colony. Yet, when it comes to creativity, cultural tightness matters. Evidence can be found in a recent study that I conducted at a crowdsourcing platform based in Paris, which allows people to enter creative contests to help companies find innovative solutions to their business problems. Our research revealed that people from tight cultures are less likely to enter and win creative contests overseas than those from loose cultures. This is partly because people growing up in tight cultures are heavily influenced by institutions such as their schools and governments, conditioning them to become prevention-focused, meaning they become very cautious and concerned about not making mistakes. This psychological adaptation prevents them from becoming innovators when it comes to solving creative problems. Rather, they are more of an adapter, meaning they like to tweak existing solutions because that is often a safer way out.、Mm. With all these considerations in mind, of cultural looseness and tightness, how hard or how easy has it been to get companies operating in Asia to think more strategically? What are the key success factors for increasing creativity and innovation in Asia? A key strategy is to embrace diversity and tolerance in organizations. Leaders can begin by realizing that tolerance matters a lot. More than a decade ago, Richard Florida's book, *The Rise of the Creative Class*, ranked tolerance as one of the three T's that are key to creativity. The others being talent and technology. Florida saw tolerance, that is, the willingness to accept differences, as a key to attracting talent. But more recent research on cultural tightness and creativity suggests that a tolerant, a tolerant workplace does not just attract talent; it also creates talent by opening up the minds of the people who work there. Tolerance dovetails directly into another important way of loosening a corporate culture. Harnessing the power of cultural diversity, the notion that working across cultural boundaries 
can promote creativity is not exactly a new one. In fact, one of the greatest era of China's creativity, the Tang Dynasty, was a time where the nation was most open to foreign cultures. And more recently, if you think of the Silicon Valley, it's also a cultural melting pot. For example, the founder of Google, uh, he was from Russia and Tesla's uh, Elon Musk is a native of South Africa. The question, though, is how can we practically make diversity pay off in innovation? Well, I will give a couple of recommendations. At the individual level, people can actively try to cultivate a culturally diverse social network. In one study that I conducted at a professional press club in the U.S., I found that when people maintain a culturally diverse network of professional contacts, they are actually more likely to be able to draw on the different knowledge within the network to solve uh, global challenges creatively. In an Asian context, what this means is that people should actively try to make uh, friends with uh, colleagues, associates from diverse countries and cultural backgrounds. This strategy would provide many useful, diverse ideas and resources from around the world, enabling global thinking and creativity. At the organizational level, it is also important to cultivate a culturally diverse workplace. However, this is not enough. This is just the beginning. When you create a culturally diverse workplace, you need to make sure that people have high cultural intelligence. Doing so will make a diverse workplace operate more smoothly with fewer unproductive cultural tension. Also, it is important to take time and resources to develop your employees' international experiences, perhaps through longer overseas assignments in order to open up their minds and open new markets. So this individual and organizational level interventions can help companies innovate not just locally but also globally. So you're calling for companies to focus on three T's, tolerance, talent, and technology. I'm glad that you expanded on tolerance and actually talked about the need for more cross-cultural intelligence, which of course comes from more exposure and interaction. Now looking at where we are today and moving forward, what do you see as the emerging issues in nurturing an innovative mindset. What more needs to be done? Looking forward, um, many people are talking about the so-called fourth industrial revolution where artificial intelligence, robotics, and other advances in technology platforms increasingly change the way we work and live. This new terrain creates many opportunities for innovation and also makes innovation ever more important. Organizations need to think about how to prepare employees for this new disruptive environment. I think culture plays a critical role here in shaping whether people are willing to adapt to and be open to new technologies and new ways of doing things. For example, how willing are you to collaborate with a robot, right? So some of these uh, new ways of doing things can be very uncomfortable to some people. Cultures that are not accepting of new ideas or willing to change risk falling behind. From this perspective, diversity and inclusion can play a very useful and strategic role by helping shape an organization's culture to become more tolerant of differences and change through its various initiatives. Really interesting and thought-provoking, Roy. As we close, I'm interested to hear what future research you're doing in this area or related areas of study. Sure. Besides studying how culture influences creativity and innovation, one new area of research that I'm working on with my PhD student is how women innovate and the challenges they face vis-a-vis -vis men. 
From a diversity and inclusion perspective, this is immensely important because this new stream of research provides insights on why women seem to lag behind men on the innovation front. Is it because women are less creative? I don't think so. There is a lot of evidence showing that if you just ask men and women to come up with new and useful ideas to solve a problem, both are equally creative. Yet, innovation is a highly social process, and women face a lot of challenges like they do in other aspects of organizational life. Some of these challenges are self-imposed by women, whereas others are external, arising from societal biases and expectations toward women. So one preliminary finding we have uh, from our research so far is that women appear to avoid pursuing their most novel ideas com compared to men. In other words, even though women are able to come up with very highly novel ideas, they are less likely to men to say that, hey, I want to pursue this in my organization. We call this novelty avoidance. We are still trying to understand why and what is driving this phenomenon. It is a really exciting area of work, and we'll be happy to share more insights in the near future with Diane. I'll definitely reach out to you to get you to share more about this with the Diane Network. Thank you once again for taking the time to sit down with us and to share more about your thoughts on innovation and creativity in Asia. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you to everyone listening in. This was the last episode of the Diane Decade Thought Leadership podcast series. Do take time to listen to the other interviews, and we will resume with more content in 2019, so please watch the space. And if you can make it, please join us at the Diane Decade Conference in Hong Kong on the 12th of November. We'll be exploring and celebrating the progress we've made in diversity and inclusion in Asia over the last decade. We'll also pick up the future-looking threads of these conversations we've been having in the podcast series. We look forward to seeing you there.